Hey, welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today we're talking about the four principles of the mind that you want to know if you want to design a life that you really love. It's going to benefit you to know these four principles because this relates to how your mind works. And when you understand that, and you can work with your mind versus against it, you're gonna be way more likely to create those kinds of results that you wanna create. Because what's gonna get you there? Your mind. So before we get into all that, I just gotta tell you the sound might be a little wonky here, but don't worry because we are actually not gonna be listening to this sound quality this entire episode. You're gonna be hearing an old episode from couple years ago that I did and you can even hear in the stories that they're dated but it doesn't matter because the content in it I feel like you need to hear right now because I know that you are someone that wants to create amazing results in your life right you don't want to just live an ordinary life you want an extraordinary life and in order to do that you got to make sure that you're training your mind to be who you want to be so that is what this episode is about Um, So we will play back that older episode for you. Um, But before we get into that, I wanted to quickly just share a story with you that happened this weekend. So I was at an event. I went to a conference in Florida. And one of the speakers said something that just really spoke to me. You ever had someone who say something like at an event that you were at and like this one quote and you're like, yeah, like that's so true or like I really need to like hone in on that you know so this is what he said he said anything not of faith is sin confusion doubt anger frustration all of that stuff sin make a change to get out of that make a change to get out of that and the reason that really spoke to me is because basically what he was talking about is catabolic energy and how we go to those lower states, right? We go to doubting, we go to confusion, anger, frustration, and a lot of us live there, we stay there. But what he said was, make a change to get out of that, choose to get out of that. And I wanna take it to the next step and say, train your brain to get out of that because 80% of our thoughts are negative. You gotta train your brain to be the person that you wanna be. And negative thinking creates negative results, you know? So we really got to shine a light on like, what are we thinking? We really got to shine a light on how the mind works so that we can figure out how to intentionally use our minds to design the lives that we want, right? Because marketers are doing that. I talk about that in this episode. Marketers are doing that out there, right? They're, They're trying to influence our minds to take certain actions. So why are we not influencing our own minds to take the actions that we need to take to be the kind of people that we want to be? Like that needs to be done very intentionally. We can't just default into 80% of negative thoughts and just keep going there, right? We got to shine a light on what we're thinking. So I'm going to go ahead and play that episode. Uh, Wait, before I do, I got to tell you, the four principles of the mind that we talk about come from Marissa Peer's teaching. So who is Marissa Peer? If you're not familiar with Ms. Marissa Peer, she is known as Britain's leading therapist who has an amazing track record of helping people um, overcome some significant trauma, significant blocks that are stopping them from moving forward. 
the reason why she is so successful is she really targets how the human mind works. She really targets the subconscious, right? So we're going to talk more about that. But okay, let's just get right to it. Here we go. So Dr. Pierre claims this, that when you collaborate with your mind and you tell it what you want, it will do everything in its power to obtain the object of your desire. You got to tell your brain what it is that you want, right? So she says, if you have an addiction to something, or even if you just have habits that you keep doing, this is because your brain believes that you want it. That's what the brain thinks. And this is where the conscious and the subconscious come into play. You know that I have some episodes on the show that dive deeper into like the subconscious part of your mind, the conscious part of your mind. So this is the deal. The subconscious is in, in a sense the goal getter. The conscious is the goal setter. So 95% of the results that we create in our life, it's due to what the subconscious works on, programs and habits and things like that, identity. And the 5% is what we, we consciously desire. So when it comes to habits and like designing new things in our life, we need to make sure the subconscious is on board because that's dealing with 95% of the results that we're creating. A lot of us are just dealing with our conscious mind and we're like, oh, I desire, I want this, right? We think about it, we dream about it in our conscious mind, but we don't do the work with the subconscious to, pro to have the subconscious on board. It's kind of like you have the captain, but the crew members aren't on board with you. Right. So or maybe like you have a CEO of an organization, but none of the coworkers stand behind the mission and are following it or going to work towards it. Then that's not the mission isn't going to be accomplished. Then you need them on board because they're, they're they're the bulk of the organization and the results. Right. So it's all about, in a sense, aligning the conscious with the subconscious. OK, so if you have an addiction to something, it's because that 95 percent, the subconscious thinks that that's what you want. There was a miscommunication there. Maybe the captain said, I want this. But the subconscious is still thinking that we're working towards something else. We're not communicating very well. We're not collaborating with each other very well. And she sees it as that, like a like a miss in communication. So. Let's go here. She says that there's four principles of the mind that we got to be aware of. All right, so principle number one goes back to basically what I just said, but I'm going to elaborate. She says that you need to know that the mind will always do what it thinks we want it to. And if we don't have the results that we want, it's because we're not communicating or collaborating with it well. All right, so basically in a nutshell, well, let me tell you a little bit of story about how I've been judgy over the years. So I remember looking at people who told me that they really wanted to be healthy. Like they're like, I want to be healthy. I want to be at this ideal weight. And I would look at them and I'd be like, really? Because your actions don't show that. You must not really want that. And you must be lying about that. Because if you really wanted it, you'd wake up earlier. You wouldn't have all the excuses that you have. You would, you would go out of your way to eat the other certain kinds of food, right? You must not really want that. And that was before I knew about how the mind works, because now I know that you can want something really badly with the conscious mind, but your subconscious may be sabotaging it for you because the subconscious doesn't think that's what you want. There's a miscommunication happening there. The subconscious is thinking that you want to be someone else. And the reason why it's thinking that is because of the habits that you keep performing. Like, let's say you make the choice to eat the donuts in the morning that people bring to work. 
despite the fact that that goes against the behavior of like who you want to be, it's not in alignment, but you keep making that choice. And then after dinner, you go out with friends and you have margaritas and you eat fried chicken for dinner, you know, whatever. You you sit around a lot. Like you start to keep doing, acting in this way and the subconscious is like, oh, so you want me to be this unhealthy person, right? Okay, I'll make sure to keep sending urges so that we keep this pattern running because that's what it does. Because it's meant to be very efficient. It's meant to, as soon as it sees trends happening, it's meant to make it so that you don't got to think about it anymore. I'm going to turn it into a habit for you. And this is where that subconscious like sabotaging behavior comes in for us. So the real question that we need to be asking is how do we communicate well with the subconscious? How do we get the subconscious to know like this is really what I want? Because as Marissa Pierce says, like the brain's going to work for you. That subconscious is going to work for you. It's going to do what it thinks you want it to do. So make sure that it knows what it is you want it to do. Um, and if you're not creating the results you want, it's because there's miscommunication miscommunication, the subconscious doesn't think that's what you want. So how do we communicate well with the subconscious? Okay, so there's different ways. And you know, I've talked about this before about like making your identity statements around who you want to be and telling yourself that repeatedly every day, even if you feel like you're a fraud, like I don't believe that, but you keep saying it over and over and it's gonna be programming your mind around it. I mean, think about it. You know that a lot of our limiting beliefs are holding us back, and a lot of those limiting beliefs have come from things that were programmed in our own minds, usually from other people. So an example would be growing up in a childhood where you were repeatedly told that you were never going to amount to anything. And even though maybe right away you're like, no, that's not true. I will. Maybe you think that. But if you've been told you're over and over and over, you start to believe that at a subconscious level and that will sabotage your success in the future. I've seen this with people who've had learning disabilities where they were told that maybe they weren't smart enough or they, they couldn't learn well like others. And they were told this over and over. And they start to identify with that belief. So when they get older, they continue to carry on that belief. And it makes it so that they don't seek opportunities to be in groups, maybe, or speak up because they feel like they don't learn well. They don't learn like others. They're not as smart as others. So then they're not going after things that maybe others would go after. Or it manifests itself in very different ways. But I've seen stuff like that through coaching where I know it's a result of programming. So the point of what I'm really trying to say is that I want you to be the person who programs your own mind versus the environment and other people. Because I mean, if you think of marketing in and of itself, like marketing is meant for you to be persuaded to buy something. It's for you to believe in something. It's a form of programming that they're trying to do. This is why you see commercials over and over, advertisements over and over for things, because in repetition, things get programmed. And you'll notice if you study advertisements that the really good ones target identities. Like it'll be like, if you want to be this kind of person, then this is the best thing for you. Or it'll start to show you like someone that's living like a glamorous life has this thing and you're like, oh, if I want a glamorous life, then I got to get that thing. Like that's what's happening at a subconscious level, which is encourages you to buy the thing, right? Or influences you to buy the thing. So 
the whole point of this is that I want you to be the person that is programming your mind very intentionally. And when you're doing this, you need to know, like Marissa Pierce says, that your mind is hardwired to move towards pleasure and away from pain. So know that you need to make the experience pleasurable like in any way that you can. You need to speak about it as if it's a pleasurable thing. So this brings me up up to another point is that when I see when people write their goals or even when I'm teaching people to do their I am statements, they'll often gravitate towards the negative. Like they'll say things like, I wanna be debt free. And the thing with the subconscious is it doesn't know negatives. So if you're like debt free, the brain's like debt, 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 right? And if you're saying, I want no debt, and it's like debt, debt, debt. Okay, focus on that, right? The same thing with like, I want to stop drinking Coca-Cola. That's my goal, stop drinking Coca-Cola. And the brain's like Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. So anytime I see Coca-Cola, I'm going to be like, let's get that. It's going to be focusing on that. So this is really important to think about is your language. So what do you do instead then? How do you write it? How do you speak about it? You talk about who you want to be. So it would be like, instead of if you're not a Coca-Cola drinker, then who are you? What kind of person do you want to be? Maybe you're like, I want to be a healthy and fit person. And in my mind, I have an idea of what that looks like. Or I want to be a healthy and active person. Or I want to be someone who prioritizes my health no matter where I am. So if you are that person, then how do you behave? Coca-Cola is not in alignment with being that person, right? So your real goal is to be that person and it causes you to develop different habits. So the same thing with debt. If you look at debt, instead of saying I want to be debt free, you might be like, I want to be a person that has financial abundance. I am a frequent traveler. That's who I strive to be. Okay, so if you are a frequent traveler, if you're someone that has the finances to travel often, how do you behave every day? Do you spend a bunch of money on you know, online shopping constantly? Or are you someone that actually uses, saves that money for you to go on your next experience? So for me, I'm a frequent traveler. So what I do is I don't spend a bunch of money on things that probably most people do spend money on. Like, you know, even my car payment. I don't have a car payment because I'd rather use that money for traveling. Um, I don't have, like, I don't continuously, like, go out to eat constantly because I'd rather save that money for me to have a really cool experience when I'm traveling. Like, that's how I'm thinking. And then it, it the habits I have are related to how I budget my finances, um, how I spend my money. It's related to what I do with my time as far as how I look for trips, how I obsess about finding trips that are really fun online. Like Ian and I spent hours and hours researching the best um, ways to travel, um, locations that we want to go to, how can we get the best bang for our buck kind of thing. Like those are habits that we've developed because of the how we identify. And that's where the real work comes in. Okay, so all of the the principles of the mind, they're going to like relate to each other. I'm already like leading you guys to the next one. So the next one, the third one is the way we feel about anything boils down to two things, the pictures we make in our heads and the words we say to ourselves. Okay, so the way we feel about anything has to do with two things, pictures and the words that you use. So if you're feeling crappy, it's because you're making up some pictures in your mind. You're seeing some stuff that's causing you to feel that way. An example would be people, let's say you are 
worrying about your finances and you keep picturing in your mind like a, your car breaking down or what if somebody gets really sick and what if I have to be out of work for a long time? Like you start to keep visualizing that, right? And then what happens is, is the subconscious is like, oh, since you keep thinking about this, you keep visualizing this, are you telling me that this is who you want to be? Like we want more opportunities that align with this behavior and this vision that you've been creating for yourself. So this is where we're not intentional about this stuff. You know, we don't do the work to program our minds. So instead, we let other people program it. I think about often I see people and I know people very near and dear to me who seem to be the people who always are going through some hard stuff or it's like the people that have extreme bad luck like over and over. But when I listen to these people talk, that's all I hear them talk about. And I know in their mind constantly images are are being played in their mind like a movie of all the things that could go wrong and then those things go wrong. So I'm very mindful of how I start like what the pictures I'm making up and how I'm talking because I see myself going down that path at times. I'll give you another example. Ian has been obsessing about our travels, like being wondering if we can get out of the country because of all the COVID things like that keep changing and the requirements. And he's just like, and I'm like, stop visualizing that in your mind, because I know he's visualizing not being able to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 because there's so much power in your thoughts. And also because the subconscious was, is always listening and waiting for guidance. So you just want to be intentional about what's coming in the mind and what you continue to focus on. Now, I know that you, we're going to think these things like these thoughts. And we, we also need to prepare for things like, you know, I'm not saying you're never going to think about worst case scenarios because there's actually some research behind that. That's that's interesting. I'll have to get on a topic of another podcast episode around that. So I won't dive into that. But anyways, basically what I'm saying is that it's not bad that you think these thoughts or you have these images in your mind. The problem is, is when you keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and over, because now you're doing some kind of form of programming, right? Because it's not just about actions that cause the programming. It's the thoughts repeated. That's why 95% of the thoughts we have today are the same thoughts we had yesterday. They have been programmed. And if you want to become a different person, you need to think a different way. You need to have different pictures in your mind. You need to have different language that you're using. If you're confused about what that would be, you look at someone who you want to be like and you study them and listen to what they're saying. You study their behavior because those, those are ingredients that's causing the recipe that is part of the recipe of their success. Those ingredients are causing the results that they have in their life. And it's interesting because I think a lot of work out there around goal setting and things like that, they don't dive into the mind about how the mind really works. And it makes it so like people are so frustrated that they're not making the progress that they want. And it's because we need to do some, re, some retraining, train you to be someone different, train you to be, or in some cases, more of who you really are, you know? Okay, so let's go to the fourth thing. Um, oh, before we move on, there's always a, I've heard Marissa do this several times where she makes people vision an, a lemon. Like, you know, like you think about a nice juicy lemon and you picture yourself taking a bite into that lemon. And then what's happening with your mouth? Like it's watering, right? 
you like maybe some of us will even like make that face like oh that was really sour you know and you don't even have a lemon but it just goes to show like the power of the mind and how it's like creating that experience for you despite it actually being reality and the more you visualize something and you create that experience in your mind the less that your subconscious part of your mind is going to have resistance to it so if i visualize myself for example hiking the appalachian trail and getting through it and being in those maybe those tough conditions, but actually getting through it. So it's not a problem that I'm, I'm visualizing in a sense that experience of the negative part, but I visualize myself getting through it. That is the key here. And that's what the research shows is that if you visualize that part, that, that success that you want, like you can add in some of those things that might be challenging as long as you visualize what you really want. And that's really the main emphasis the main point of the movie, if you will, right? That will serve you because it's like, it's not just no longer a new thing to the brain. So there's not a lot of, there'll be less fear and resistance towards it because it's like, oh, I've been here before. I've experienced this. I was reading one time a chicken soup for the soul story. And you know, there's some really good ones. And there was one about this beauty queen pageant winner and basically she all I remember from it is that she was dreaming of being Miss America or something like that and um when she officially was crowned she they said like you know how are you feeling like about this whole experience and like how did it feel to get crowned like and she's like well I've experienced this so many times before I've walked on the stage. I've felt it so many times. This isn't my first time I felt this. And they're like, wait, what? Because you, this is your first time. Like you've never been Miss America or whatever. And she's like, no, in my mind, I went through this over and over and over. It's just like Bianca Adrescu, who I've mentioned before, the 19-year-old tennis player that beats Serena Williams, like just 19 years old, comes and beats like the best one of the best tennis players out there that even if you don't follow tennis you know who Serena Williams is she said over and over like I visioned myself getting that that trophy my mind is like my subconscious was like yeah that's who we are that's who we're going to be that's who I need to help you be so I'm going to help you develop the habits to train to be this person all right so that all has to do with the pictures in the mind the language that's being used um all that good stuff. Okay, the last principle that I want to go over is, this is what I have in my notes. Our minds love what is familiar. In other words, our minds are programmed to keep going over and over again towards what is familiar. So according to Marissa, she says, if you want to succeed in any level, you got to make what is familiar unfamiliar and what is unfamiliar familiar. In a sense, it's about reprogramming again here. But looking at it in this way is going to serve you. So let's give you an example. Let's say that, it, that I want to be, I've decided, I want to be a person who is, hmm, I'm going to go back to the health one. I know it's always easier to understand these, but I want to be that strong, healthy, fit person, right? I want to be her, okay? So right now, though, so I might then break it down and I would think like, what does she do? How does she behave? And maybe I study someone, I look at their behaviors. Maybe they have an early morning routine and they work out in the morning. Uh, maybe they drink lots of water. They eat a lot of greens, protein, um, all of that good stuff, right? They spend time journaling. Like, okay, these are the habits that they may have, 
right? But that's not familiar to me. What is familiar to me is I sleep in and when my alarm goes off, I hit snooze several times and then I get up and I kind of rush frantically. I get my coffee and sometimes I just have to drink it in the car on my way to work. It just depends. And then I go to work. I feel exhausted there. I come home. I have the intention of working out because I missed it in the morning, but then I don't actually work out later because I'm just too tired because I don't like the work that I'm doing. It drains my soul, blah, 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 right? Um, hopefully I'm not actually explaining what some of you guys feel every day, but that used to be me. So <laughs> anyhow, but then I've done some reprogramming and I've this I've made the unfamiliar familiar to me. So how do I make the habits familiar then? Is that Okay, so the first thing that you can do is start to visualize that in your mind of you being that person. There's so much research behind this, even like small tasks. Like let's say you're laying in bed and you're about to get up. You can visualize yourself getting up and going to get your water and just like going, doing your movement and just go through a little visualization and then go do it. There's tons of research that supports that. I have a, I have my neural wisdom book written by one of the, the world's leading neuroscientists that talk about just that simple little seconds of visualization and how much of a difference that makes in your ability to actually move forward and to do the thing. So how do we make it familiar? Going back to that is um, we start small. It's like, think about it as introducing something, like a sample of it. So an example might be like, let's say I like I want to be that person that works out every day consistently. I might do five minutes in the morning and that's a sample of it. And people, I always give this advice of the five minute stuff. I'm a queen of five minute exercises. And um, people will say like, Ange, what is five minutes going to do for me? Seriously. And I say, what it's going to do for you is it's going to train your mind to be the person that works out every day, to be the person that prioritizes their health, that does it no matter what. That's what it's going to start to train your brain. It's going to start to introduce that identity. It's going to start to make it familiar to you. So it's kind of like you're in the mall. I remember back in the day in the mall, they used to give you like samples of um, like Chinese food. Like they'd give you like a little bit of teriyaki chicken on toothpick or like a little bit of rice or whatever. And people would sample it. And then they'd be like, I want more of that. They would become familiar with what that tastes like and then think like, I want more of that. That's what's happening in the subconscious. It'll get familiar with like the sample of like the identity that you want to create. And then it's like, oh, this is who we're being. I want more of that. Or it'll get familiar with how good it feels to make yourself proud, how good it feels to move your body in the morning. And it's like, I liked how that feels. I associate that with pleasure. Going back to our other point, I want more of that. And the other thing is don't be trying to do exercises and make it like just hell and horrible for you, you better program your mind around it being enjoyable, either like reframing what you're doing and how you focus on that or just simply making it more enjoyable. Like an example would be, you know, I love to go walk and like talk to friends while I'm walking. And if you and a friend wants to get healthy in that way, you could be like, hey, every day at this time, let's call each other or over lunch for half an hour and catch up and let's do a walk together while we're talking. And it's so fun. It makes walking so fun for you or movement so fun. There's ways that you can do that. And then habit stacking is really important. Like if you already have a habit, you can stack another habit with it. So like it kind of is a trigger. So for example, if I have the habit right now, I have the habit of drinking my um, mushroom coffee stuff in the morning. When my kettle is going off, that's when I do my squats. It's a habit that that is together with one I've already developed. You know, so then it's another cue. It's another trigger for me. When I see the pot, I know I'm going to do my squats, right? So we'll have to have another episode all about habits and how to really develop those. 
But okay, so the point of that last thing was to make the unfamiliar familiar. And when we say the unfamiliar, what is the unfamiliar? It's the habits of the person that you want to be. Make that familiar to you. Um, and then there, the things that you don't want, you want to make that unfamiliar. So what is already familiar, you want to make that unfamiliar. So an example would be like, like if you have um, habits around like driving, every day you go to work and you there's a donut place you drive by and you always grab a donut, right? There's some there's habit, there's a habit formula there. You, the cues are there, like the triggers, stuff, stuff like that. So you might drive a different way to make that unfamiliar to you. So it's no longer, you're no longer seeing it. The same thing goes for like certain foods, get it out of your environment so it's not familiar anymore. Things that you want more of, you put it in your environment so it is more familiar. So those are, that's what she means by that. And you can dive deeper and there could be tons of examples of this. Okay. So I want to do a quick, quick recap. So the four principles of the mind that you need to know to design the life that you want. Number one, it's always going to do what it thinks you want it to. If you do not have the results you want, it's simply because you're not communicating well with the subconscious. It doesn't think you want that. It thinks you want something else. The second principle is our minds are hardwired to move toward pleasure and away from pain. That means you need to make the things that you're trying to do pleasurable in some way, whether with a reframe of how you look at the situation or truly adding something in the mix that makes it more fun. I remember when we used to do these audits for when I worked in county mental health, we would, um, they'd be like painful, like getting all the stuff together. You'd feel like it was and it was so tedious and it was kind of boring. And we were like, we need to make this fun. So we ended up like putting ourselves in one small room and every day we brought each other like gifts. We had like, we were, we switched up the food that we were eating during that time. We developed little challenges and it made that experience fun. So even the boringest of things you can make fun. I used to teach a HIPAA class that was really fun. Like people would on the review say that was so much fun. HIPAA, come on guys, how's that fun? It was fun because I made it fun because I added like acting gigs in there where we pretended to call and report on HIPAA violations. And then we were we pretended to be the people that, it was just an acting thing. It was hilarious. There's so many parts of it that were fun. And we also did like other activities in the class that were fun. But anyways, I, I am, I feel like known for making the boringest of things fun. Because I tried to I tried to do that very intentionally. Because there's some things that we have to do in our lives, let's be real, that just that are really boring and that suck. But can you make it fun? And I the answer is yes. In some way, I believe you can. All right. So um that that made me lost my train of thought. So what is the next thing? The third point again is the way we feel about anything boils down to two things: the pictures that you make in your head and the words you say to yourself. So we need to spend some time visualizing the things that we want in the ways that we want them to happen. And then also um, watch our language, how we speak about things. Stop talking about all the stuff you don't want. Stop complaining about the things that you don't want to happen, right? Stop using language related to goals that you're setting that are so negatively focused because you remember the subconscious doesn't know negatives. So just keep, even if it's one word, like some days I set intentions and I pick one word for each day. Like today was podcast. TED Talk, um, packing. Like, so there's like three words and they're just packing. My brain's getting focused on that. When I used to teach around um, going in, and I'll still teach this, about public speaking, 
you know, um, if you're in front of the camera and you're talking about a crisis, crazy scenario, because we do this in the military, what I like to tell people is to remember like three words that no matter what, you're getting these words out. Think about that in your life too, because it's the language that's so important for you. It's you being intentional. It's you setting intentions, all that good stuff. And the last thing, our minds love what is familiar. In other words, our minds are programmed to keep going over and over again towards what is familiar. So you got to look at what is familiar to you right now. What do you want to make unfamiliar? And what do you actually want to make familiar? And what's involved in doing that? Can you do some samples of the things? That's a good thing. All right. So pretty much I feel like that's, yeah, we went through everything. All right, guys, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you did. Leave a review if you haven't. And just go out there and have an awesome day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.